Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. In part two of our show on female entrepreneurship, I talked to Amanda Pouchot, co-founder of the Levo League, which wants to help Generation Y women get to the top. We were raised being able to see strong women and see them succeed and have power. I think we still need to see a lot more women in that way, but in order to believe it and be able to do it, you have to see it. This episode of The Broad Experience is sponsored by SoundCloud. SoundCloud lets you create, record, and share the sounds you create anywhere to friends, family, and the world. SoundCloud is the world's largest community of sound creators. Amanda Pouchot is 26 years old and co-founder of a startup with Heft. The Levo League was founded last year, has 10,000 active members, and has raised more than a million dollars in angel funding from some prominent names, including Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook. Sandberg and Amanda Pouchot feel this generation of women can go where no previous one has gone before. But a few years ago, Amanda wasn't feeling so confident. Her interest in starting a company to help women with their careers began when she was a newbie at the consultancy McKinsey. She'd studied sociology and social psychology in college, so she was familiar with a lot of the things women do that can trip them up at work. I knew that women don't ask for more. I knew that women oftentimes say their idea in the form of question. I knew that we you know, aren't very good at self-promotion. And in my first meeting at McKinsey, I did not speak. I was so insecure and so worried that I did not deserve to be there that I just stood there in silence. And so I really realized if I know all this research and I'm still falling into all these traps, what is going on? She says the company's mission is to make women more confident, connect them with other women, and give them good job opportunities through the companies that post to the site, which range from AOL and American Express to startups. But the staff at Levo League also encourages its members to apply for particular jobs. Because we know women don't apply at the same rate men do. Um, We know that women need 100% of qualifications versus men need 60%. So what we really do is we kind of go, hey, you, apply. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? And then we also work with the companies to alter their job posts so that they they understand that, you know, if you put desired qualifications, you're not going to get the candidate unless she has 100% of those. And you don't necessarily want 100% of those. So our goal is really to attack it from both sides, which has been, you know, Levo's view and my personal view on how we, you know, get more women to the top as we attack it both from, you know, an institutional and organizational perspective and also from an individual perspective. I was really intrigued by this idea of the altered job posts. If I see a post with an endless list of intimidating, shiny adjectives, even if I have more than half the qualifications, I assume I have no chance and don't bother applying. Amanda says the number of qualifications listed isn't the only detail they're trying to change when it comes to job postings. 
There's also studies out there that show that the type of words that are written in a job post, if they come off really masculine, you're not going to get as many women to apply for them. For example, look at sales. Women are fantastic at sales, but it's heavily skewed towards men because a lot of the compensation structure is based off of um, how much sales you do. And so that can be off-putting to kind of, you know, put that in a commission-based she says a sales job posting that uses words like competitive environment is much less likely to attract female candidates. I was an athlete and I don't think that it sounds exciting. I'm like, I want to go into a workspace that's, you know, a place where I'm going to have professional development opportunities, where I'm going to feel that I can have um, people to learn from, where someone's going to, you know, really care about me. That last word leads me to my next point. Gen Y has taken a lot of flack for being self-centered and supposedly thinking everything should revolve around their needs at work. Amanda's heard it all before. There's some negatives of Gen Y. You know, sometimes we come off as like, oh, it's been two years, I should be the president of the company now. Um, and, and we need to learn that experience is really important. But, I, and, you know, and we need to learn, you know, to be a little bit more patient. But I actually think our, like... <laughs> fierce fight to want to be at the top of everything is, is one of our strengths. Especially, perhaps, if you're a woman set on a stellar career. Tell me about um, how is Generation Y different from other generations of women? What do you see as the distinguishing characteristics? I think our moms did an incredible job raising us and telling us, you work hard, you can have it all. I know that have it all has been a bit of a controversy lately, but we were raised by moms who... Um, many of whom were in the workforce, and that was the first time a lot of women were in the workforce. We were raised being able to see, you know, strong women and see them succeed and have power. I think we still need to see a lot more women in that way, but in order to believe it and be able to do it, you have to see it. And we're getting the chance to see that. Okay, so far, so positive. But ask a lot of women who've been in the workforce for a while and they'll say that their work lives really started to get complicated and sometimes lose steam once they had kids. Few companies are known for their family-friendly policies and depending where you work, there are attitudes and prejudices that can prove highly frustrating. I put it to Amanda that most of the ambitious young women she's targeting haven't had kids yet, so they haven't come up against this stuff. I'm not going to lie to you and say I'm not completely terrified about the day that I have children. Um, when we looked at starting Labo, we noticed that a lot of the resources were aimed at women once they do have kids. And I think that's too late. I think if you want to change things that makes it, make it so that women can stay in the workforce when they do have children. Again, I don't have children, so I don't know this. I do know that I have a single mother who has a fantastic career that worked every day, and I was raised very much by my community, and other moms who didn't work took care of me. You know, they, I would go to their house before basketball practice, and I had a grandma who was incredibly active. I have an unbelievably great relationship with my mom. So I think, you know, I'm very influenced by that and also by the fact that what can I do today to prepare when I ha want to have children? And I think that really comes with teaching the strategies of being able to negotiate with being able to make a name for yourself, have excellent performance, learning the office politics and who to know and who to talk to, and also figuring out a way to change the perception of FaceTime meaning the big debate about whether working means being in the office, seeing your peers and bosses every single day. I'd be very interested to hear from other women about this. Can the working parent transition work well if we plan well? Have you already used these strategies and do you still feel you've come up short? Amanda and I finished our conversation by talking about entrepreneurship. 
As we discussed in the last show, few women-owned companies grow into multi-million dollar enterprises that employ a lot of people. Amanda thinks there's at least one reason why that is. We need to see high growth businesses started by women. And that is really hard because we're more risk averse and it needs to be comfortable throwing money at something that might not be the exact right answer. You have to move really fast. There's many stories I've heard from entrepreneurs who hired people and then had to fire them a month later. I don't think women, you know, we think through our decisions much more, you know, carefully. And and unfortunately, that might actually be a bad thing when it comes to running a business. And so it's getting more comfortable with taking big, big risks for big, big rewards. She said it's been tough for her to get used to that, and particularly asking people for money, but also thinking of the company as something that could get really big. But she's making progress. It's getting more comfortable. It's getting more comfortable for me to sit here and tell you I want to build a billion-dollar company. Amanda Pouchot of the Levo League. And I should have said at the beginning that Levo means elevate in Latin, something I'm ashamed to say I didn't remember from my own Latin days. That's the broad experience for this week. You can like the show's page on Facebook and sign up for the newsletter at thebroadexperience.com. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.